Hi, and welcome to episode five in the new series of Canny Conversations, powered by The Pathway Group. My name's Mark Wakeley, one of the team who bring you these podcasts that we hope inform and inspire you, giving you an insight into the world of The Pathway Group. If you're new to the podcast, let me tell you there are already 44 episodes out there, and you can listen to all the past episodes by searching for Canny Conversations on your preferred podcast platform, or go to 1386audio.com forward slash have a listen. The main person behind the Pathway Group is Safraz Ali. Saf set himself up as a social entrepreneur over 22 years ago. Being raised in Birmingham's Alum Rock, his early life and experience gave him an insight into the life and needs of an inner city community, which is at the core of his passion for improving the lives of people through education, training and apprenticeships. In the first part of this two-part episode, How Change Has Changed, he discusses how it feeds into quality, opportunity and competitiveness, along with the key role of people in making change happen. The insights change brings are fundamental to success and outlines the signs of a successful business, strong governance, financial control, a clear view on what's happening on the front line valuing customers as partners and moving beyond the transactional relationship. In turn, there are trends that appear in weak business, compliance and lack of urgency that damage growth potential. So let's hear from Saf. Hello and welcome again. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, change and it's a topic that we all have been hearing a lot about, particularly in the last few years. The reason why we're talking about change is because change has changed. How we do things have changed. And and we often use, we often say, you know, change or be changed. So one of our pillars in our three pillars of sustainable growth is mindset. And a lot of this is about our approach to uh, learning, our approach to do things, our approach to how we deal with difficulties, how we deal with obstacles, how uh, adaptable we are and how resilient we are. So I'm going to start off with a quotation that uh, I I have used in the past and this was a a life-changing moment for me when I came across this uh, quote about sort of six to seven years ago. And it's a quote from Alvin Toffler, who's a futurist, and he wrote that the illiterate of the 21st century will not be those who cannot read or write, but those who cannot learn, unlearn, and relearn. So people who can't learn, unlearn, and relearn are effectively the illiterate of the 21st century. And this was a very profound quotation, very profound moment when I sort of actually looked at that and said, you know, we live in a world where we've got to be adaptable. We've got to be in a position where we stay relevant. And part of that is our approach to learning things and also our approach to this thing called experience and sometimes experience is you know many times experience is used in a positive sense but experience of what you've seen in the past what has happened may be an obstacle now for you adapting and moving forward as well because sometimes we can carry our past learnings and, and move that forward and I'm trying to apply that in the current world in different settings and in some cases in many cases now that may not apply and may not be relevant as well you know one of our things that we talk about is a microscope perspective and a telescope perspective the attention to detail and the bigger picture all of us to a certain level need to know the detail need to understand 
the nitty gritty as such. They you know have a microscope perspective to certain things, and as well as the bigger picture, you know, the telescope perspective, being able to see the macro macro view. So you know, if you go back to our basics in terms of you know who we are as an organization, you know, we're an organization that aspires to change lives through skills and work. You know, we regard ourselves as lean, agile, and responsive, but also at the same time. Uh, an organization that is consistent in its approach and consistency is king consistency is the key here so lean agile responsive and for us to you know we want to make a meaningful impact in all that we do uh, we want to make a difference make a meaningful difference an impactful difference in all that we do so what does that mean that means make a difference to our customers make a difference to our learners uh, that is obviously the participants stakeholders the employers and importantly as well our staff our team you know, we want to make a difference to to yourselves as individuals, make a difference to the people that work uh, and associate themselves as team pathway. That's where we are. So our vision, as you all know, is changing lives through skills and work. Our mission is enhancing knowledge, developing skills and, change, and changing behaviours to transform uh, communities. One of our strengths in terms of when we're looking at uh, some element of reflective practice and looking at where we are and what our current position is, you know, we identify a strength, an internal strength is our team. And people talk about people as assets. People often talk about, you know, the biggest, uh, biggest asset to a business is their people. But in reality, in some certain businesses, it may not be depends on the business that it has. In certain businesses, it may be a differentiator, but it may not be the be-all, end-all. In our business, it is absolutely the case. For us, it's very, very key because it's through our people that we are changing these lives. It's through our people that we are making a difference. It's through our people that we are we are moving ahead and making the impact and the outcomes that we are. We are very much about people business. We're very much about through the people that we've got, we impact on, on the world, we impact on, on our business and we impact on the outcomes that we're striving to work towards. So key members, key team members is an absolute uh, asset for us. It's an absolute strength for us. We work on the basis of giving autonomy, allowing people the space allowing people to work together, encouraging, in fact, people to work together, have a collaborative partnership approach. We want to be in a position where we're resisting side of working. We want to be in a position where we're encouraging togetherness. And when you know you get to the size of an organization where you know, you've got different departments, different sort of centers, you've got different managers, sometimes that can be quite difficult as well. So we want to cultivate the, the culture that we have and ensure the fact that you know, we protect our reputation, we protect the culture that we have, and we are identify all together as one team. Yes, there's going to be teams within teams, but overall we come together and we understand the fact that we're all working together. So if you go back to uh, one of our core values, we all act in the best interest of the organization. You know, that's first and foremost, the fact that we are a uh, team pathway. We think and believe the fact that, yes, individually we have a contribution, but there's a collective contribution as well. And, and that's something that we need to be aware of and conscious of. So another one of our uh, internal strengths, another one of our key strengths is our brand our branding and our awareness that's out there you know people hopefully recognize the pathway group name recognize the brands that we've we have the sub brands that we've created there's an awareness of what we've got people are engaged with our brands they have that recognition 
they understand what our brand stands for, what it means. And also at the same time, they view the people who are within our organizations as brands themselves. So that personal branding, you know, we're, we're very much about encouraging that. We're very much about individuals standing out and creating uh, their own personal brand. Uh, if they already have that, then, you know, it's about cultivating, encouraging that further and not being in a position where we're worried about somebody's own personal brand. And really, as long as they're acting in the best interest of the company, as long as they're acting in the best interest of the organization as a whole, then it's a real win-win situation. And that's what we are all about. It's that win-win-win. And we say win-win-win three times as opposed to win-win because it's also about the customer winning. It's also about the stakeholder winning as well. So talking about customers, we have a good customer engagement. We have a good customer track record. Again, I would say that's one of our strengths. The existing structure of how we do things, I think, is is definitely a strength for ourselves. The fact that we are uh, very much uh, an organization that has got many different funding streams, uh, uh, an organization that covers a, a wide spectrum of areas. You know, we are not necessarily pigeonholed in one part, but at the same time, we have our specialisms, which, you know, are recognized. So I would say that's a strength as well. We deliver a, a fair amount of work in, in the London area, GLA area. We do deliver a amount, a fair amount of work in West Yorkshire, Greater Manchester, Stoke-on-Trent, and obviously the West Midlands area. And each one of these are communities which are very close to us. Each one of these are communities that you know we feel that we can make a difference. And each one of these, we hope those communities, those organisations that are there, the customers, the employers, the individual learners, our, our staff, recognize and feel the fact that we're part of that community as well. So that's, I would say, something that we're aware of, we're conscious of. And I like to think the fact that we've got a we've got a strength. And I'll give you an example, you know, we've been in, say, Walsall now for 12, 13 years. We've been part of that area in the town centre for that time. The same case with, with Stock-on-Trade. We've been there for many years. In other areas, you know, we've been there, you know, we've been in certain areas for five, six years. And again, you know, we want to try and, be part of those communities and go forward from there. So in terms of weaknesses or areas for improvement and areas for development, one of our areas that we feel is our communication. Despite the fact that we put a lot of effort in terms of communicating the messages that we have, communicating across the business in terms of the you know all staff meetings, getting our communication across in all all, all spectrums. We have a newsletter, we have pathway update, uh, an email that goes out, and we have regular sort of uh, huddles and, and, and communication that's going out, as well as the internal platform teams, Microsoft Teams. We also have our pathway direct. We have many other instruments, the SharePoint that we use in terms of getting messages across. Sometimes communication still can be a little bit of lag. People might not fully appreciate where we are or some of the messages are not getting to the people. We're, we're trying to improve um, our communication and regard that as an area where we can improve it. And we recognize that we've done a fair amount, but we can still do a lot more. And we want to get that message across in terms of that. And that's the way that we can you know, continue to work better together. You know, we can continue to support each other and continue to provide that peer support, peer coaching throughout the organization uh, as well. So another one of our weaknesses potentially is, uh, and part of it, it might be inconsistent. And this is the reason why I would say it's it's a weakness 
because of the inconsistency, it's processes and systems or systems and processes. They may not be aligned, they may be inconsistent. And because of that approach, I would say it's a weakness. And we are looking at that because it is a pillar. Uh, it's one of our three pillars of sustainable growth is systems and processes where we want to make sure the fact that we are very much system and process driven, but the systems and processes need to be fit for purpose. You know, it needs to go back to our lean, agile, responsive. It needs to be fit for purpose, uh, not for the sake of doing things, but because we are in a compliant world. We are we live in a world where our processes need to be need to be robust. But again, the key, the key word there is fit for purpose. It's all about fit for purpose. So let's talk about some opportunities, opportunities which are some external and some uh, potentially in terms of you know the opportunities which are macro. Uh, wider as well. So some are specific to us and some are uh, for, for our sector. So one of the opportunities is the fact that we have a fair amount of activity with organizations that are not necessarily customers for our core activity. That's skills or employment support. So we've got customers who are sort of patron relationships. We've got customers on our uh, multicultural apprenticeship alliance we've got customers for our multicultural apprenticeship awards we've got customers for our festival of apprenticeships we have potentially some customers on our sort of networking and events business and we have customers that are engaged with us in terms of our community and we got these opportunities to actually potentially work with them enhance that relationship grow that relationship and do more with with those people so i would say that's an opportunity for us you know, another opportunity for us is looking at the ecosystem that we offer and, and ensuring the fact that we are enhancing our service to our existing customers. Uh, so, which is an element of cross-selling, some element of upselling, some element of making awareness, and some element of linking in people a little bit more better and adding that value add, and adding value to our customers, our potential partners, uh, a, lot, a lot more. Another opportunity for us is potentially uh, offering new products or services or creating new products and services. So, you know, we, we need to be in a position where we actually listen to our stakeholders, we listen to the, the customers that we're working with, we understand uh, where the sector is, we understand where our other competitors are, and through the insights that we pick up, we build new products, new services, we enhance what we've got. And, and it's only through this that we ensure the fact that we remain relevant. And again, this relevancy is absolutely vital. It's something that I often talk about, you know, we remain value added in terms of what we're doing. In terms of other areas, you know, we are uh, focused again because of our people, absolutely vital for us in terms of the leadership uh, and developing that leadership that we've got. You know, we are continuously looking to develop our leaders and ensure the fact that, you know, we build that capacity, we build future leaders. We have that, we have a program of future leaders, which is called Next Steppers. We develop our, uh, our existing leaders and managers through our Engage program, which stands for Improve and Nurture. Uh, grow and guarantee excellence. So through those sort of programs, we can we can develop our people and our staff. So if I talk a little bit about some of the threats, and again, because everything is connected, you know, there's going to be some elements where there's a sort of a crossover or some elements of, of connectivity here. The first, I would say, threat to us is our staff. If they're one of our biggest assets and they are our biggest assets, you know, we have to have the right people in the right place. We've got to ensure, you know, we've got to firstly get people on the, onto the bus and we've got to make sure the fact that once they're on our bus, they're on the journey with us, they're in the right seats. 
And that's a continuously evolving thing. We want to make sure the fact that we're attracting, retaining and growing our people. We're inspiring the individuals we have got. We're also you know, ensuring the fact that, you know, we are continuously in a position where people feel that they are growing as individuals. So make the fact that they're making an impact, they feel that they belong to the organization, they belong to the structure of Team Pathway, they feel that they're connected to the team and they have a connection with the bigger business, they understand the values, they understand what we're about and they can relate to that and they've got the full buy-in and they've got that continuous evolving uh, mindset alongside the business in terms of where we're going. So staffing, yeah, definitely is a risk that we have and we identify that and we put a lot of focus in terms of that. So another area for, for us which is a potential threat is the competitors out there, our competition. It's, it's a threat, you know, it's a very competitive market out there. You know, we've got new competition coming in, coming on board. We've also got a lot of collaboration uh, going on in, in the marketplace. We've got organizations connecting together, working together. We've got organizations also looking for any competitive advantage that they can get. And what you find is that people are more acute, more aware of each other. We live in a world where, you know, of social media, there's a lot more, a more awareness of what others are doing. You know, we can easily find out information, public information uh, on, on our competitors. We can also find out, you know, a little bit more about their teams. So gone are the days where it's harder to do that. It's very easy now to actually uh, look through an organization, get a feel for what they're about, get a feel for what their strength opportunities, weaknesses are. And, and you get a feel for an organization standpoint, an organization standing. And it's easy to benchmark against others. And it's easy to also... Uh, be in a position where you know you can look at somebody else's competitive advantage and try and bring that on on board as one of your own competitive advantage. So competition in all its forms is is there. And what you're finding is that you know people were before where they were customers are now becoming also competitors as well. So employers are moving into this field where they also thinking that this is something that they can also look at. And uh, suddenly they're also becoming competitors as well. You know, so we need to be looking at that or being being aware of that. And how do we create this potential threat as an opportunity as well? And that's for us to be aware of and, and be open-minded. We, we also work in, a, in an environment where, you know, it's a review economy. It, you know, people are very comfortable to show dissatisfaction. They're very comf- comfortable at times to complain. They're very comfortable to mention things that are that they're not comfortable with so you know you're in an environment where it's easy or easier for somebody to raise concerns and we've got to see that as a as an opportunity for us to learn as an opportunity for us to develop so this threat the threats that we have you know how do we turn them into opportunities and how do we make some of those things which are can be seen as threats as potentially use utilize them in a way where they they become strengths for us as well I think generally speaking, you know, we have a culture which, again, we keep talking about above the line, below the line thinking. You know, above the, above the line thinking uh, is ownership, accountability, responsibility that all that we do. Below the line thinking is about blame, excuses and being in denial. A lot of the things that we're talking about in terms of change and the fact that change has changed and is about mindset, is about our approach. And, you know, we go back to our three pillars of sustainable growth. One of those three pillars is is mindset. 
you know, we, we've got numbers, which is the data. We've got systems and processes, which is another pillar. And the third pillar is, is mindset. So these are our three pillars that we look at. And again, it's all sort of connected in terms of where that is. So these are some of the areas that we regularly talk about. So if, I'm, if we can move on a little bit in terms of what defines, you know, in my eyes, a successful company. In the in the sector that we're in, or, you know, what defines you know what you know what are the attributes of a successful skills provider? What are the ad- attributes of a successful employment uh, support provider in the world that we're living in? And and from my perspective, it's you know this is a continuous journey. It's not one tick tick box as it is. Uh, and I'm going to start off with talking about uh, governance and best practice and governance. So governance isn't just about you know, governors or non-executive directors at the top uh, of the organization challenging the the C-level people, myself as the CEO or the CEO or the executives or, or the senior leaders, but it's also governance throughout the organization. It's governance that's threaded throughout the organization in terms of uh, every aspect of it. You know, so it's, yes, it is about uh, it, well, it can be about the, the, the process, it can be about the systems, but it can also be, and often is, about the impact that we're doing, and it's really getting that right balance of challenge and support, the right balance of challenge and support. Another area which I would say is important for for successful providers or is sometimes seen as, as a key ingredient for a successful provider is uh, providers that have got their finances, financials in place. They are commercially driven. Yes, they understand the element of their purpose. They understand their impact their social value but they are very much commercially minded and have got that imbalance and it's only because of that commercial acumen it's only because of that commercial savviness can they carry on uh, doing the work that they can carry on i think that's important regularly monitoring uh, your uh, activity regularly uh, ensuring that it's delivering on the contribution the organization needs because we live in a world, we all in a world where we've got to, got to get the contribution in, we've got to get the money in, we've got to make sure the fact that it's safe as well. And, you know, the funds that we're dealing with are protected and they're secured. And we as an organization are delivering on our outcomes and we feel that, you know, we are working for our money and working for the outcomes that we need and getting that balance right in terms of, uh, costing the balance right in terms of income and the balance right in terms of uh, all important uh, outputs, outcomes, social impact that we need, to, we need to do. So part of that is about this cold face or chalk face, understanding what is happening at the front line, what is happening at the ground level. So that could be at the delivery centers, that could be with employers, that could be uh, with individual learners, that could be with our team, with our staff. And and, and the more attuned we are, are, the more aware we are uh, in terms of what's happening. I think that also helps us with making the right decisions, helps us in terms of the the changes that we need to make, uh, helps us actually define and refine what we do a lot more better. Another trait of of a successful organization is having customers, uh, retaining those customers, ensuring the fact that those customers are valued, ensuring the customers are given the best service that they can, ensuring the customers are feeling the fact that they are are stakeholders within the organization. The customers feel that it's a partnership. It's not just a transactional supplier 
uh, type relationship. This is more than that. And it's really getting to that element of how do you build these relationships? How do you cultivate that? How do you bring build those for the longer term? And if people often talk about the fact that we need to build relationships, but it's easier said than done. And a lot of this is about in about your intention, but it's also about the impact as well. And I think the intention needs to match the impact. Uh, the implementation needs to be there. And you know, from there, hopefully you have happy customers, you have you know, happy employers, you have happy learners, and those learners be- can become ambassadors, those employers can become ambassadors, and those stakeholders are ultimately people who then promote you as an organization, promote you as an individual that they want to work with. And you know, and it's that you know, success breeds success in a way we can grow. So Another area that I would say we need to uh, sort of acknowledge is this relentless focus on teaching, learning, achievements, uh, relentless focus on supporting uh, our learners, relentless focus on ensuring the fact that we're delivering their end outcomes and ensuring the fact that we deliver, uh, we deliver in a way where the journey is enjoyable as well. So that relentless focus on small improvements regularly, that relentless focus on micro improvements wherever possible, and those continuous improvements, that continuous learning, the continuous sort of planning, checking, doing, acting. So those are some of the things. But in terms of other areas, I think it's a lot of it's about robustness in terms of the management processes that we have, uh, the support mechanisms that we have. The you know finance needs to be strong. You know I'm talking about finance in terms of internally accounts team. The accounts team needs to be strong. The HR team, the MIS team, the IT team. So these are all support mechanisms for the business. The marketing team. So the areas of our business that allows our front line to deliver on the outcomes, and it's only because of that foundation support, only because of a strong MIS team, you know, management information systems, getting the data, strong IT team in terms of ensuring the fact that our technology is fit for purpose, works, and we, we've got the best use of that technology, ensuring that marketing is consistent, marketing is fresh, delivers on the outcome, ensuring that the, the accounts team, uh, the finance team provides the information that you need in a timely manner, uh, gives you the information you know, in a manner that actually uh, makes sense for you. Uh, and the HR team, which includes also recruiting, uh, works for you, delivers you that support, delivers that pastoral. And then outside that, we also have our various committees as well, various champions as well, well-being committee and, and you know, safeguarding and various others that just add to the dimension of supporting and ensuring the fact that we have a strong management team and we're all working together collaboratively. We're working together in a positive manner. And you know that helps us with our can-do approach. It helps us with our can-do attitude. And we've got that culture and the climate of growing. So these are, in my eyes, some of the ingredients for a successful provider, ingredients for a successful business in our organization. And you can look at those areas and you can say, which one of those do we hit? Do we, Which one of those can we do better? Which one of those do we need to focus a little bit more on? So on the other end, providers that are sort of poorer or weaker providers, there's always going to be patterns. And the patterns are, in my eyes again, you know, from a personal perspective, the pattern revolves around sometimes lack of urgency. So there's certain things that need to be done they're not being done at the right time. 
they're not being done with a sense of urgency. The outcomes that, they, that, they, that the providers have got, they're not being met with. So urgency in terms of appropriateness is a must. And when you've got some, some element of lack of urgency or lack of priority, and then you know that's something that does affect the business and does something that does affect the organization. And it's a, usually a trait in people where I would say they're sort of poorer providers or poor providers or poor in, you know, individuals that are weaker performers. So complacency is another one. Uh, organizations that get complacent in, in their activity, organizations that have that element of less care in terms of what they're doing. You know, they, they feel that they're already successful, they're already uh, achieving the outcomes that they need and they don't need that. They lose that hunger, they lose that drive, they lose that element of get up and go. And I think whenever you get that, whenever there's an element of some, some sort of lack of complacency where things are, where you come across as well, actually, you know what, we can wait for this or we don't need to we don't need to do this or there's some element of that hunger uh, sort of drying up you've got complacency and i would say that's a, a key area uh, and a key trait when you see providers that are then struggling or providers that are weak in terms of performance uh, or poorer providers i'll talk a little bit about management team because again you know management uh, often is a strength uh, your leaders leadership team your staff are a strength but at the same time can be seen as a weakness can be a stumbling block uh, a lot of that is about how we hold management leaders to account you know so when we're holding uh, or not holding management leaders to account you find the fact that the performance isn't there you know it's not coming through and there's got to be some element of accountability and responsibility. So we need to drive performance through, and you drive that by holding people to account, by ensuring that individuals are, are held to account and they have an element of taking ownership and accountability. Uh, and another area that I would say, you know, or trait that I've seen is that people are not changing with the times. The whole thing we're talking about is change has changed, and staying relevant. You've got people, organisations that. Uh, you know, are living slightly in their past glory, living on past sort of wins, and also living on past experiences. And what you've got then is, you know, they're not fully understanding, not fully aware of the the changing times, not fully aware of things that they need to change to remain competitive, to remain relevant, to remain fit for purpose. Because we're in a we're we're in a uh, environment where you know we we've got regulatory. Bodies that are taking interest in terms of what we do, you know, we've got uh, we've, we're in an audit universe. We're in a world where auditing takes place. Compliance is is an area where we've got to focus uh, on, and what compliance is one of those areas we, as an entity, need to uh, support. And it's one of the departments which is a, a strong department within any organisation, which is the forefront of uh, of public delivery. And whenever you've got lack of a compliance culture or lack of compliance focus, you find trouble with the activities and you find the fact that things are, are hard then to maintain and hard to sustain. And we're all talking about sustainable growth. And you can't have sustainable growth. We can't have any type of sustainable long-term grow, growth if we're not in a compliance-led environment. You know. So whenever there's a lack of compliance or lack of compliance culture, it's a bedrock of a poorer provider, a bedrock of, of a provider that often is struggling as well. So another area is this element of uh, flexibility. We live in an environment where, yes, you know, there's a vision, there's a mission that we, we're striving towards. There may be a business plan that we have, there may be objectives that we have, but at times we need to be flexible as well. 
So if you're too rigid, that can lead to missing opportunities. If you're at the same time not focused enough, that, then that also at the same time causes some issues. So it's getting that balance right. It's, yes, it's having uh, a vision, uh, understanding where you're going, but also at the same time being opportunity-led, opportunity-driven, and ensuring the fact that we keep our focus on the things that really, really matter, keep our focus on the teaching, learning, keep our focus on achievements, keep our focus on the outcomes that we need to be delivering, keep our focus on how we do that, uh, ensuring the fact that we've got the staff uh, that we need, the teams that we need, and we've got people paired up in the teams that they uh, need to be to actually deliver on the outcomes that they need to deliver. So governance I spoke about at the beginning in terms of effective for, uh, financial governance, governance, and what that also means is, is effective financial controls and financial reporting, getting the information at the right time, in the right manner, in the right place, uh, and, and, for, and, and to the right people and bringing to the surface any issues. So at the, at the flip side, if somebody who is a poorer provider or a weaker provider will have, therefore, ineffective financial controls, they'll have ineffective financial reporting. So mindset, mind, uh, well, we talked about mindset and we talk about mindset continuously. And, you know, what we find and what I found is that, you know, when you, people are very much below the line, very much about blame, excuses, denial. They have a, a feeling sorry for themselves approach, a feeling sorry for themselves uh, culture, and they playing sort of the victim card to a certain level, feeling that, you know, the world is against them or the fact that we blame the government or we blame X, Y, Z, or people don't know what they're talking about and therefore the end of the stick in terms of performance and you're doing what you, what you can. And what we've got to do is have the have that mindset of we've got to do more with what we can, we've got to remain relevant, we've got to remain impactful, and we've got to make sure the fact that we are at the top end of providers in terms of our, our sector, of our, of our delivery, and we are provider of choice, we are employer of choice, we are seen as, as an organisation which is go-to for many, for many things, we are seen as an organisation that is a thought leader, that's an influencer, an organisation that others look up to. And, and for, for us, Again, we go back to our core values. You know, we've got to live and breathe these core values. We've got to live and breathe the new values that we have. Again, you talk about qualities, everyone's responsibility. Quality is the bedrock of everything that we do. Again, the above and below the line thinking, ownership, accountability, and responsibility in all that we do. We've got to make sure the fact that, you know, our intentions are the best. So we always start with the best intention, the best intent. We also act in the best interests of, of Pathway, act in the best interests of us all. And really, it's, it's, it's about getting that sort of balance right in terms of, you know, what that looks like. You know, it's also about this trust thing. It's our relationship with, with trust. And what does that mean in terms of, you know, how our organisation is going to trust us, how our individual is going to trust us. And that's, you know, how we do things, but also our results and our experiences and our outcomes in terms of what we do. And it's really getting that balance right. You know, many situations is that getting the balance right is crucial. The right balance is the thing that just gets you all together. I'm going to move a little bit further in terms of some of the moving parts that we have to have to deal with uh, as managers, as leaders within the organisation. And there's there's many areas where you know we are trying to do the best that we can, but sometimes you're damn if you do and damn if you don't. And from my perspective. But that's something that I will leave it for now. And next time I'll come back, we'll talk a little bit about, you know, how we get this balance right and what we do. Uh, so 
Thank you for hearing me out. Thank you for listening. Thank you. In the first part of this two-part episode, Saf has expanded on how change, success, people and values are inextricably linked. In the second part next week, he discusses more about how change has changed and how successful business meets that challenge. If you want to understand more about how Saf and the business has reached the point of developing a strategic overview, then why not listen to the rest of this current series, which can be found on your usual podcast platforms under Canny Conversations, or go to 1386audio.com forward slash have a listen. If you've enjoyed this podcast, then please like, review, subscribe or follow, and please tell your friends and colleagues about us. If you'd like to know more, then go to cannyconversationspodcast.co.uk or go to SAF's website, safras.co.uk. Safras has also written a series of easy-to-follow business books, Canny Bites. These are available from cannybites.co.uk forward slash buy the book. We'll be back with the second part of this Canny Conversations episode next week. So until then, have a good week. This is a 1386 audio production.